My name is Belinda Granger and I'm the professional liaison for Challenge Family. I'm also known throughout the triathlon world as being a bit of a mother hen to the pro athletes. Of course, given the current circumstances, I've been thinking about the athletes a lot lately. So we came up with the idea of Coffee Calls with Belinda, which basically gives me and you an opportunity to check in with them all and see how they're all going. So welcome to the official Challenge Family podcast. I think it's time for a coffee. And welcome back to Coffee Calls with Belinda, although I am considering a name change because I think this is the third call to a professional athlete that I've had in the last two weeks, which has actually been in the late afternoon. So I'm thinking we might have to change it to um, welcome back to afternoon wines or afternoon drinks with Belinda. Uh, Today I have a gorgeous young pro triathlete, and I say young because he's only 31 years old, and in my eyes that is still very young. Uh, Welcome to the call, Josh Amberger. Thanks, BG. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the label of young any day. Definitely. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I think all, all the pro athletes these days are, are young in my eyes. I um, I'm turning fifty at the end of this year, which is um, honestly it puts hairs on my neck when I say it. So yeah, thirty-one, and I think you've only recently turned thirty-one back in April. Is that right? Yeah, April, April twelve. Mark it down. Not so. Um, not so it's long it's actually funny because uh, for for quite a, a long time myself and a, a few of the other um, Aussies and Kiwis when we first started racing 70.3 back in the um, t- 2011, 2012, we, we, we call ourselves the young bloods because we, ta- <laughs> we were always taking on all these old, all the old dogs. Old, yeah. All the old like Crowy and, and, um, and, and Macca and all these, all these fossils. Right. And, <laughs> and they just wouldn't go away. So, like, They're still not like, going away. Yeah, They're still around. Like, go away and let us, take a turn please and so yeah we were the young bloods and I don't know kind of still feel like a bit of a young blood so that's good no you're definitely still a young blood I don't think we in in the long distance triathlon you're not you're not considered old till you're at least into your 40s so you've got several years left um to go yet before we start calling you one of the old fossils like we are we call Crowey and Cam Brown etc (laughs) now listen Josh one thing before we start because I feel like an idiot your last name, can you pronounce it for me the way it is supposed to be pronounced? Oh, well, I don't care, to be honest. Like, it's, <laughs> it's no, no, no biggie for me. So my parents raised me saying Amberger, Amberger, but that's actually, I mean, being a German name, that's actually Saxonized and that's incorrect. So it's like the German, you'd say it, Amberger. Oh. Um, even once I was boarding an aircraft, um, late last year and the hostess um actually spoke to me in german um, oh wow so yeah and pronounced my name as it as it would be in german so i had to uh yeah i think she, she actually was german it was an air new zealand flight and she was feeling maybe a bit homesick and wanted to talk german to someone and i'm sorry that i couldn't give her that that uh <laughs> that so you, could, you, you couldn't have, you couldn't give her a guten tag or oh, yeah. well no because then that would uh insinuate that I that that's I'm right, not German. <laughs> and you don't want that actually you know what I've done that before many times in Germany thought I'd be a smart ass and, and speak a little bit of German and then of course they start rattling it off and I'm like oh sorry no yeah, understand <laughs> and you feel like an idiot a dumb, uh, unilingual Aussie <laughs> yeah no, no it's not good okay so that's good so Josh Amberger I like that too anyway so 
good to know that it's German German blood there. I was, that was going to be my next question. I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously, Amberger sounds very German, but I wasn't sure. And that's obviously on your father's side. Yeah, so my mother's side, um, she she was born in New Zealand to two Dutch parents, so I also have uh, Dutch heritage. Dutch heritage um, as well. So I've got a, yeah, so I've got a Dutch passport, and um, you know, I guess I'm technically I'm a bit of a Kiwi too, even though I was born in Australia. So most of our family is between New Zealand and the Netherlands, so we don't really have huh. a German connection anymore. But um, yeah, definitely a lot of European blood in my family. Oh, wow. I did not know that, that you had um, family in the Netherlands. Um, that's really interesting. We're going to have to get you over to do Challenge Our Mir one day then. Yeah, so, maybe very cool. uh, ITU long distance if it's well, still on at some point. Watch this space, Josh. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> it will be happening. We're just not 100% sure when. Yeah. But now, you've been a pro athlete for over 10 years now, around 10 years. You've got a stack of uh, half-distance victories to your name. Um, You've also got a, a full distance win, so an Ironman win, which is pretty impressive. Would you say that you are now a full distance athlete, or you still prefer the half distance? Um, I, I mean, I prefer just the label of triathlete because yeah, yeah. I, I love racing every distance. I'm not exclusive to any one distance. In fact. Some days I hate Ironman and love Olympic distance and some yeah. days I race an Olympic distance, get smashed and I hate Olympic distance <laughs> yeah. and then I'll be good at 70.3 for a bit and then Ironman for a bit. And so I just, I love triathlon um, any distance. Um, you know, I've raced Super League uh, sprint distance Olympics. So there was a, a, a point last year where I did uh, Escape from Alcatraz and was third, and then I did quarter lane 70.3 the next weekend, and then I'm in Vittoria um, in Europe the next weekend. So I did wow. yeah, Olympic half and full within three or four weeks and, um, and podium at through. the mall. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just love, I love triathlon, and, and no matter what distance, um, I'll always try and find races to, that suit me. Um, I'm obviously not going to line up for – um, an ITU event, but uh, yeah, races like Escape from Alcatraz and Noosa Triathlon at Olympics still suit me as much as some Ironmans. You know, it's pretty impressive though, Josh, particularly in this uh, age where triathlon is, you know, I, I know there are some athletes that can still do well over all distances, but it's getting harder and harder to do so because everyone has their specific distance that they're really good at. But you are one of the dying breed, to be honest that is able to be super competitive over all three, non-drafting Olympic, half distance and, and full distance. And um, you really are. I mean, that's that's a talent in itself, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thankful that my parents got me swimming from a young age. So <laughs> I think no matter what what uh, distance or format I do, I'm, I can always right kind of keep, yeah, I can keep yeah. myself in the game from the start. Uh, whereas, you know, if, if – if someone's new to swimming but is a great Ironman athlete, um, let's say like a Lionel Sanders, he's never going to be able to compete on a shorter distance level. Um, no, so, exactly. yeah, so, I mean, there, there's some amazing athletes, much more talented than me, like, say, Gomez um, and obviously, you know, your Ali Brownleys and Fredinos and stuff that, that absolutely smash all three. And then I, I think there's a lot of guys that race ITU now, so I, I race... Uh, Martin Van Riel, a Belgian, mm -hmm. 
ITU yeah. athlete in. I raced him in Xiaoman 70.3 late last year, and and he he beat me, um, which wasn't surprising. But guys like him, that he he'll be he'll be another multi-distance dude. Yeah. I, I foresee he's already starting to play with halves, but yeah, some more guys that'll come out of the woodwork across all all distances for sure. Yeah, I, look, I agree. We see it every year, and obviously, we we all thought we'd start to see it towards the end of this year after the Olympic Games. But now that they have been obviously postponed to next year, it might be a little bit longer before we see, you know, a, a lot of those short course athletes move across permanently to the to the half distance. Yeah, that's um, that's closer than than you'd think for me actually sharing the the household with um, my my fiance Ashley Gentle. So. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. I guess the plan was for her to to race the Olympics this year, and I mean whether or not she hung up the ITU cap, that's that's entirely up to her. But she she'd already qualified for the seventy point three worlds, and um, um, she was going to do both. Obviously, seventy point three worlds being after the Olympics, so it kind of segued perfectly. And yeah. you know she could have chosen to to take that career path. Um, but we'll all have to wait another year for that, at least. Yeah, true. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, 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 2020 is going to be known as the waiting game, let's be honest. I think it's been a crazy year for everyone and one that I don't think any of us could have anticipated. And, and, and speaking of this year, normally around this time, I mean, obviously we are heading into winter. We're not quite there yet. And I say winter fairly casually because, um, you know, the winter in Queensland is not a, a true winter per se. But um, usually you would be heading uh, either, I'd say, to the US. You normally go off to the US um, around this time. Was it going to be a little different this year, though, Josh, because you were obviously, you were signed up to do Challenge Roth in Germany in July for the first time ever. So were you? was the plan still to head to the US, to Oregon, um, or were you actually planning to, to head over to Europe? Yes, yeah, so I, I was trying to, this year, the plan was to kind of juggle uh, Ashley getting ready for the Olympics, right, um, yep. but also kind of my my own career ambitions. So I was going to go to her final selection race in Yokohama in Japan, which was this weekend or last weekend, right? Um, on based on original scheduling, and mm-hmm. and then we were going to head over to the US from there. And I was actually fortunate that she gave me. Um, a leave card to duck over to to Germany for the weekend to race Challenge Roth. Unreal. Um, yeah, because she obviously understands the the scale and that event and how prestigious it is. Um, but apart from from doing Roth, it was I was pretty much just going to be there to to, to help race. Ash day to day, and and oh, we we work together. Um, um, kind of as athlete and coach as well. So, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't realistically take too much time away from her, but she wanted to do her uh, her main prep for the Olympics um, in the, the two months prior in the US. So, yeah, definitely right. yep. around, yeah, we, we, we should be in the US by now, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, plans have changed, and, and once they did cancel Roth, um, that also changed as well. Are you now planning to stay in Brisbane for the foreseeable future? Is that the plan to, to actually have a winter? Because when, when's the last time you actually had a true Aussie winter? 
<laughs> for the entire for its entirety. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I feel a bit stupid saying this. I know my friends in Europe give me shit all the time when I say, "Oh, I've got to stay home for the whole yeah. winter," and they're like, "Please, Belinda, <laughs> come on." I think it it was probably not since 2007, my first year out wow. of high school, to be honest. Wow. But um, you know, I was racing the IT circuit from when I was um, 16 uh, internationally. So yeah, I was still studying at university when I left high school, but we were always um, still between, say, Asia. Um, one year we did a, a little summer in in Canada, and and then bits in Europe. So yeah, I haven't spent um, the winter months at home in its entirety since yeah literally high school or the first year out of it crazy and and do you plan to stay in Brizzy or will you once the uh borders open up which is not you know in the in the too far away are you just going to stay in Brisbane or will you look to have like a little training camp somewhere else in Australia um yeah I mean I, I kind of got my own plans in my head but yep yep doesn't necessarily align with what what's well, gonna do. happen yeah, okay, I mean, I, okay, of course. Because we're, we're home in winter, I kind of want to take advantage of that and head yeah. down to the Alps for one year. Uh, I know, like, we don't have amazing snow like like Europe and the US, but we, we have something and we've actually had a fantastic um, snowstorm to start start the winter start down south. Right. So I, I'd love to go down to the snow for a week, to be honest. So, <laughs> but I, Ash, I Ash has got no interest in that. No. So. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah well it's not bad though I mean I remember obviously when I a long time ago now but when I was in a university we used to go to skiing every winter and I loved it and then once I decided that professional athlete was what I was going to be I have not skied since and that's it's quite depressing when I look back at that now because it's actually a lot of fun so I I can I can respect your um your idea to go down it's it's not a bad idea to be honest yeah I grew up skiing um obviously very intermittently in New Zealand when I went back um, to see family in winter and um, actually hit the slopes in December in Oregon when I went back for a holiday. And um, Ashley, I think she was actually keen to try it until I came home with a broken rib um, <laughs> in <laughs> December. Yeah, any problem with it all, yes. <laughs> yeah, so fortunately it was only a rib and, um, you know, takes a while to heal, but it healed. Um, but, yeah, you know, would to be honest, we'll probably stay in Brisbane just yeah. to to reduce travel. I mean, it's the it's the smartest thing. We're still new in a house here. We're enjoying living together for the first time in our long relationship. And um, to be honest, we kind of got like a fantastic little training bubble yeah. here in like Northwest Brisbane. So we have everything we need. Um, we kind of found some some little secret swimming spots too. So uh, we can we can do all the training that we need even. Yeah even uh, in this lockdown period. I have to admit, I remember when you were building your house, which you were only recently moved into around 18 months ago, it is an absolutely magnificent house. I, I'm quite jealous. Uh, I was following along and even now to this day, I know you've been doing quite a bit of work in the garden, in your in your backyard, and it is an absolutely beautiful block of land. So if I was you, I'd be staying put too. So I, I can completely understand you, uh, both of you staying there. And interesting, you, you only recently got engaged to Ash, didn't you? So this is a real test for you both to see if you can actually last the distance. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I uh, fortunately probably just scraped in and passing the engagement test after ten years together. Oh, um, so I think I think the um, the point, the tipping point was I I asked um, 
I asked Tony, uh, I asked Tony Ashley's dad for his his blessing a year ago, and kind of never really followed up on it because <laughs> we, we, start, <laughs> so we, start, we started getting busy with the season and travel, and Ash was away and um, finding the right time, he, the right place. Okay. Yeah, he, he called me up at the start of this year and asked what was going on and if everything was okay and I was kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah it's good I had to assure him yeah not like it's all fine everything's good and so at that point I'd finally decided um to do something about it and, and get Ashley a nice ring and um I, I proposed to her the day I picked up the ring so <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah no mucking around then well you're mucking around for a year but then once once it was ready to go you, you got you got to it which is good to see good yeah to well see. I think Ash would say I was mucking around for a lot longer <laughs> but, but my 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 proposition was always that I I was not going to propose until we lived together. So uh, I wanted to to get the house done and move in, and then yeah, let all that happen. And of course, you live in Brisbane now. Where whereabouts? Not you don't have to give me the exact address, but where whereabouts in Brisbane? Because you are on quite a big block of land. I think you said how big was the block of land? Twelve. Yeah, so we're on twelve fifty square. Wow, massive. Um, so pretty big for a suburban block, but we're okay. in. Yeah, we're in northwest um, Brisbane, so um, if you've ever, I believe you've probably ridden through Sanford Valley. I have, yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of near there. It's just really on the outskirts of Brisbane, so we've got just a great little pocket uh, of fantastic riding with lots of yeah. running trails and, um, and yeah, convenient pool options, and, it's, yeah, it's just a really good spot to train. And not a lot of traffic. I mean, you're out, you're out the out of the of the craziness of Brisbane, but still close enough to go in there if you need it. So it's it's perfect. Yeah. And look, talking about swimming holes, obviously you have got some uh, reservoirs that you swim in. I've seen some sneaky little pictures. But when the pools are technically supposed to be opening from tomorrow, although <laughs> you know the crazy rules that they've set in place of only ten people being allowed at a time, I know that the Sunshine Coast Council and Noosa Council have both decided to remain closed. So we only got the news today that uh, our Noosa Aquatic Centre will not be opening for at least another four weeks, mm. um, which made a lot of people quite upset, although we are lucky here, with, as you would know, with Noosa Main Beach. We've still got beautiful beach to swim and it's only it's still 23 degrees. But what's happening down Brizzy Way as far as, as local council pools are going? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't kept up with it as no. much as, say, Ash. I mean, Ash is... She's super keen to keep up with the news. And Why is it, Josh? I, you know, it's exactly the same here. Everyone that's a, technically what I would call a non-swimmer, as in they didn't swim as children, um, are desperate to get back in the pool. All the swimmers I know, Luke McKenzie hasn't touched water since the pool's closed. Um, yeah. All these swimmers are like, yeah, whatever, we can give it another week or two. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, probably in my household it's more like a – a male and female thing, maybe. Yeah, Ash, yeah. Just, she's she's maybe a little bit more obsessive um, compulsive bit, with this. Yeah, sport. maybe that, and you know, she probably prefers the more more scheduled um, training to See? me. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Being a swimmer, of course, it's I don't know. You can just pick it up easier. I mean, oh, I hate if, you, if I took gosh, I hate you. <laughs> if I took a, a week out of the water, of course, when I get back in, I'm going to feel horrible, but I can. You'll get, we'll get it done, yeah. yeah so, yeah, 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 yeah. Unlike uh, myself, whereas if I have a week out, it takes me a month to get back. So it's a, it's pretty ugly. It's yeah. not not a nice looking thing. Um, so you've only recently finished your house 
Fantastic. I know you guys have been doing quite a lot of work around the place, um, final bits like the garden, etc. during ISO. So you have actually been very active, um, which has been awesome to see. What I love about you, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, I want to know where this came from, is your love of flora and fauna. And it's <laughs> obvious. Um, your knowledge of Australian fauna in particular, is it's bloody impressive. Um, where did this come from? When did it start? Um, you know, it's hard to put a date on it really, but being a young Australian traveling the world, um, which, you know, is quite typical Aussies and Kiwis getting out and seeing the world, you know, um, you'll literally find them everywhere. There's some expressions overseas like Jaffa, which means like just another F in Australian. I know Canadians <laughs> say that quite a lot. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've, I've always been traveling since I was young and, one of the best parts always about coming home from overseas, um, particularly, you know, from, from Europe and, and America was getting back and seeing, you know, the Aussie bush, um, and just like the, the different, the really different landscape we have here and, and different flora and fauna. Um, like, uh, I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but that was kind of like the first, um, thoughts that went back when um, with the first fleet when when James Cook discovered Australia was just like the the, the different different yeah. Uh, yeah just everything was so different and um, I don't know, like I, I really just always felt uh, an affinity with with the bush and the trees and you know the big eucalypts and our native flowers like the banksias and and grevilleas and acacias and stuff and beautiful um, like everything about um, the bush, like the smell, um, you know, the sounds, the birds, insects, animals, um, and and then of course, like looking at the trees. Every tree is so different, and it's just it was it was fascinating to me to like look at them, admire the different aspects, the colours, the barks, the saps, the smells, and um, it actually didn't really start to get serious until. Um, we bought our block of land. It was a few years ago, um, right. so we had the block well over a year before we started building on it. And um, we've got these three really big gum trees um, on our block, so it was part of the attraction for buying it. Yeah. And I just wanted to know what they were. So it literally, wow, from wanting to know what three trees were on our block of land, it kind of like escalated. Escalated from there. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I started buying. Um, you know, some textbooks and just kind of casually reading them. And, and every time I go bike riding, um, we, we ride through a lot of bush here, um, whether it's, you know, um, road cycling, we've got bike bike paths through through bushy sections and I do a lot of um, gravel riding and, and trail running and stuff. So, yeah, it was every every time I went out training, it was kind of like this, um, this, this like exploration of, of all the trees and stuff around me and then, um, of course, our big block of land. I wanted to <clears throat> to plan it out, and get, like going to nurseries, native nurseries, and stuff to to find all the the trees the right and stuff trees. I wanted to put in. That was like, yeah, that was kind of yeah. That's when it really started to get out of hand. So, <laughs> um, well, out of hand, but it's it's brilliant. I love it. And how old do you think those gum trees are on your property? Oh, they could, you know, to be honest, they could be some of them like 150, 200 years old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then we, of course, when you start to put like nature into perspective like that, and you realize kind of 
I don't know how insignificant. Exactly. We all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It just, it just makes it all that special. Yeah, uh, totally yeah, agree. Just how, how, how unique and special these trees are. It, um, it definitely is. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. You keep it coming because I I'm I actually get a little lesson every time I you you go for a ride and you actually talk about all the different trees. I must admit I have a, I have a severe problem trying to pronounce the official uh, language yeah. of the trees at, at times. It's like oh my gosh, I'm not even a try with that. It's too difficult. <laughs> it's Boy, that that's part of like the I know one of the attractions for me is yeah trying to actually pronounce them and then remember them and then remember them for later exactly oh yeah you gosh. pat yourself on the back when you're like yeah damn i just i, just that. I nailed that <laughs> <laughs> love it now josh obviously today uh the whole professional triathlon and age group triathlon world woke up today to the official announcement of the cancellation of the uh 70.3 worlds in taupo and obviously world champs in kona 2020 being cancelled um initial thoughts I mean, I'm not sure if you knew. I mean, I think we all had a gut feeling it was going to happen, mm. but it's a difference from us anticipating it happening and then it actually the official announcement being made. Um, your initial thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, of course. Um, yeah, I knew in the back of my mind that yeah. it was a long shot, and it, it's not something that I'm desperate to do. You know, I wasn't no. thinking, God, I hope Kona's on this year, or God, I hope Tapo's on. I mean, I, I want to race both events, but it's also not something that I'm like dying to do dying to if, do. Yeah. if the if the climate of the world is like you know <laughs> yeah is, is the way it is now and um Kona's actually it was it was a, I had a different feeling about it this year anyway I, I started the year not really interested in pursuing um a start there this year I kind of I've done it three years in a row now and yeah <sighs> gotten gotten my ass kicked every time really so <laughs> you're I not kinda, the only one <laughs> yeah so you know I didn't want to just do the same thing and turn up at the race again and and get get my ass kicked again I kind of wanted to focus more on addressing the problems that I had yeah. rather than necessarily being desperate to do the race and it, it it's always fascinating to me every year um, to watch the people that get so desperate to qualify for the event that they absolutely bury themselves to do so and then they go to the island and Shot you know, what's the point in even going because yep. they, they race shit so yeah um one of those guys for, yeah for instance um someone like anthony costes last year he was he was doing every single ironman in europe week after week to try and qualify and and he'd pull out every single week until he felt like this he was, was the week I was going to qualify, and that just seems so, so silly to me. So stupid. Um, I I was yeah more keen to just kind of focus inward and 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 fix you know whatever was going on so that I could have a better performance in kind of. So for me, really, it's perfect that it's uh, <laughs> delayed. I'm I'm sad that it's obviously there's a global pandemic, but it kind of suits. Um you know what I had in mind for this year anyway so yeah. and you know what in February 2021 it's actually going to play into the southern hemisphere's hands for once, for once. yeah for once <laughs> so, in a lifetime exactly. yeah so we, we can train for it at home and train for it in the summer and everyone else is going to have to do their training camp away from home like you event, like so. like the Aussies and New Zealanders have done for years now so yeah. you know that's a that's a good point yeah but, 
But speaking about you, you are an athlete that loves to race. We know that. We've known that all along. You you thrive on racing. Um, I love watching you race. I think everyone loves watching you race. Um, so as a racer, because, I mean, not all professional athletes are racers. You've got some pro athletes that, that just pick, specifically pick maybe two or three races a year. For example, Jan Fredino, and that's it. Um, but you love to race. And so where does it leave you now, though? For this year, knowing that okay, you were lucky. You were one of the lucky ones that got to race. You raced mm. Geelong seventy point three way back at the beginning. Feels like way back in the beginning of the year, but it was only in February, I think. Um, so you raced Geelong, um, but what about now? There's a good chance that there will be absolutely a very, very good chance there'll be absolutely no racing for you as a professional athlete for the remainder of twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, like I, I do. I am a racer. I do love to race and. Um, God, yeah, like it's it's hard to imagine for me having been racing literally my whole life from when I was five years old in the in the swimming pool. <laughs> my mum started entering me in competitions. It's, lit- it's wow. literally all I know. But to be honest, it's kind of nice to to be able to take a deep breath and really really unwind for once. And yeah, yep. um, I've said I've said this at various various other um, um times in the last couple months we 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 have such a busy schedule throughout mm-hmm. the year and you know I could choose to be a Jan Fredino that races three times a year but realistically if, if I choose to do that um, I'm going to be a nobody because I'm not <laughs> winning every single race yeah. I enter like he yeah, is like so, he is. Yeah, yeah I get it so you know growing up as a young Aussie you learn to race literally yeah. like 10 11 months a year as much as you can um, to try and put yourself out there, and it 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 just you burn out very quickly. And we, I always take three or four weeks off every year, but to be honest, it never really seems like enough because as soon as you start training again, um, in December, late December, early January, yeah. Yeah. summer here, you're motivated. You kind of end up entering races earlier than you'd imagine, and then yeah, the season it just escalates and. And you've committed to all these events and you're just racing like wall to wall um, all year round. And for me, it's it's kind of nice. I'm 31. It's the middle of my career. And exactly. To be honest, it's it's nice just to take a deep breath. And um, I, it hasn't been something I've really been concerned about when all these races have been cancelled. Um, like I, I was dying to race Challenge Roth this year, for instance. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's always next year. Next year, exactly. So exactly. I'm, I'm still young, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. I feel like I'm not one of the athletes at the end of my career. I was reading um, a Witsup article a couple of weeks ago about um, Sarah Pimpiano mm-hmm. trying to decide whether she starts a family or I know. she, oh, she yeah. hopes that there's going to be more races, and um, yeah, it's just. I can relax a bit because I'm I'm fortunate I'm I'm not or Ashley we're not in that position in that yet. situation yet that's right you know you're dead right and if anything Josh I mean having the right attitude like you obviously have if anything it's going to extend your career as a professional athlete let's be honest because I think having this time off for the first time as you said since five years of age when you when racing has been your life um, and obviously every time you line up you line up to win um, whether that happens or not is another thing but you you line up to give your best on any given day so to have this time it's what we call forced rest um 
to me, it's it's just going to prolong your career in the, in the long run. Yeah, I've I've thought that in the back of my mind as well, and you know, our, our trainings change quite a bit when we're not trying to. You know, some, so I've noticed some athletes are, you know, they're trying to lay the base still, and um, we, it hasn't really been like that for us at all. We're kind of just having fun doing short, sharp sessions, trying to work on on um, different aspects of of our physiology that you don't necessarily need, you know, get to work on when you're Time training for, for long yeah. distance events. So, yeah, we've been having fun and really short, hard rides and, and short runs and stuff. And um, it's just, yeah, been everything is about it's been quite refreshing, to be honest. Now, that's interesting because that was actually my last question because a lot of athletes up here, and obviously I still I still uh, dip my feet in the waters and do a little bit of training with, with some of the pro athletes up here. Uh, on their easy sessions and majority of them and they're a lot older than you are um, have just been working on maintaining a base so nothing too specific um, nothing too hard uh, but just making sure that they're laying the foundations uh, for a good solid base so that if a race should go ahead um, they'd only need maybe a month to six weeks to actually then specifically target a few um, you know faster sessions or, or sessions with a few intervals involved to get to, to a race into what we you know race shape but you you sound like you're you're not doing that specifically that you are more just looking at doing things or working on weaknesses perhaps or or shorter sharper sessions yeah the the uh, the punchline would be i'm just trying to um take as many strava comps from cyclists <laughs> as i can literally <laughs> So, oh, that's unreal! <laughs> As you should, it's perfect. Yeah. So I've never, I've never really used Driver at all. Um, no, no. And you won't, you won't find me on there because I use an alias, and I like to have, I like to have fun with <laughs> awesome. this alias. Um, but if you know the Brisbane segments, you'd probably be smart enough to find, <laughs> to find out, find who, out who I was. But um, it's, I've never used it, but I've found that it's just really been great motivation. Yeah, um, yeah. In this time to do these virtual kind of real lifey segments and um tomorrow I'm kind of eyeing off a, a 20k TT and Ooh, I like it that's yeah good. so um but that that's kind of the longest one I've done so far I've just been doing like five or ten minute climbs and and little sprint sections and stuff so yeah just really having fun with my training because when you when you're training for long distance events everything is just so depleted you've got yeah. no speed you've you've no. kind of you know you're strong and, and stuff but you're just always tired so you're never running. really performing it's like you're running on empty, empty the yeah. whole time yeah. so you're never really performing at your peak so no. to be honest like i'm riding around um on my race wheels uh with my rate with my um <laughs> and my special tires on and enjoying <laughs> literally just enjoying feeling really fast at the moment oh, like, I love it. And, and just going to to places and to heart rates and 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 like dimensions i've never been to before because i'm always just too tired to push myself there so yeah it's exactly what you should be doing in this time and that's what i say i mean you do what you need to do to maintain motivation and to get through this crazy time that we're, we're going through now now you did your very first virtual race last weekend yes yeah yep. now so speaking about uh, little um virtual races and and strava segments etc how was it was it did it live up to expectations and was it what you expected it to be uh you know 
I, I didn't really have any expectations, to be honest, because I haven't exactly followed the virtual racing since it started. Um, I just, I mean, I love real racing. So Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like when the virtual stuff started, I, basically when everything started to, to get cancelled in March, you know, I was going to line up for Challenge Shepparton yeah. um, in April, and that was one of the first ones to go in Australia. And from that point, I I just I took like two or three weeks off, and I didn't do any training at all. And then that's as you mentioned before, that's I turned my focus to to landscaping, and that was um I had quite a bit of stuff to get through, and it was like he- real heavy labour. So I oh, I saw some videos. I saw what you were making <laughs> Ash do. It was intense. Oh, <laughs> Ash, she she little she legend. Can do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a um, break. <laughs> so I saw so, yeah. him missing some music. So I wasn't training at all. So when yeah. when the the Ironman virtual races started, I it wasn't I just wasn't on that wavelength at all. Um, I wasn't thinking about oh who's lining up this weekend. It was just that was may as well have been like a whole uh, you know other thing. I, I just wasn't worried about it. So, um, but when by the time I kind of got motivated to start training again and and I'd I'd wrapped up all the landscaping, I'd already started to to um yeah start you know take an interest in what was happening again and and I got asked to do the to do the VR6 so it was um so it's Friday here that was yeah Monday morning for me and it it just came at a good time and yeah and I was happy to do it it was kind of unfortunate for the Oceania region, region that the time zone which is way off so we had great. to get up at at um 2:50 a.m. Oh. To do it, and yeah, so race start was four. We had to check in on the Skype at like three ten. So, and and I did this two mornings in a row. So Ash also got the call up um, for the women's event. Oh, of course, yeah. So they split the day start. So I was I was like a zombie for two days, and um, I actually I rode really well, and um, it was the best 40k TT I've ever done. And if you, if you read my race wow. report, you'd probably understand the tone, but I still got beaten by five minutes. It's insane. Uh, it's insane. I ha- I have read it and I have seen the numbers Yeah. and even my husband's still shaking his head in <laughs> but, bewilderment. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you take it for what it's worth. It, yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily a race no, um, no. because cool. it's, and, and, you know, it's fair enough. They're not offering, prize money for this stuff because there's just no way anything can ever ever be validated no. so too many variables so, let's yeah be so yeah. It, it was good and and um i got out of it what i wanted which was kind of like a bit of a wake-up call and and a, and a hard 40k tt and it, it's funny yeah. you know you don't really ever put yourself in situations where you you're going okay this week for training i want to hit a 40k tt and see what i can do um yeah. True, so true. it was nice to just do yeah 40k TT and get some numbers so so we See can where start yeah. working from here. Yeah, good point. Now the best thing for all of us, of course, though, Josh, was um your little race report. You just spoke about it then. Your little race story that uh, came to us all, thank God, on a Tuesday. I absolutely love your race report. I have even before this day, but that one, as I as I've said to you before, I was having. A crappy day. I woke up to some crappy emails, work emails, and your race report just a day that could have gone so badly. Just you completely turned it. Um, writing is your forte, my young man. It really is. It really is. You are brilliant. Did, did you do you realize how good you are? 
Oh, I mean, I I kind of I publish them, so I know that they're good. I like to do it because I, I make myself laugh more than anything, <laughs> and it, it's it's I love that you it, that that you really enjoy them and you feel great about them because kind of like it takes me a while to do them. It's not something yeah. I can do in thirty minutes. Oh, it's like yeah. a half day thing because yeah. there's a lot of editing. I've always got a lot of ideas, and that's the thing with me is I don't, I don't often say a lot. Um, I don't with my social media. I don't often post a lot, but when I get ideas, um, I want to, I want to like talk about them and I want to post about them. So it all kind of comes in waves. And when I do those race reports, it a lot of stuff comes out of my head, and it actually takes a lot of time to edit it into the format where you can actually publish it on Instagram, because there's yeah. a word length. Of course, yeah. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it takes a long time, and and Ash the whole time hates it because <laughs> I mean I'm literally may as well have like four walls around me and and nothing uh, else matters. Yeah, no, and and so she gets no attention, and of course she's she's nervous as hell about what I'm going to write and if I'm going <laughs> to piss anyone off and if there's going to be any repercussions, repercussions that, that reflect badly on her. So <laughs> it's it's quite a a stressful time, but. Um, I actually before going to bed that the the night after the um, the report, I let Ash read it before I published it, just so you just to get her. Well, I was going to exactly. publish it anyway, but uh, no, but you're doing the right thing, just in case. No, it's, it's, it's always good to have another set of eyes go over something before it goes out to the world, anyway. So yeah, but but yeah, I did. I got a few laughs out of her, so I know if, if I can make. You knew it was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe other people are going to laugh too. So yeah, well, to have fun with it. You have an incredibly dry and a, a very witty sense of humour, and that's that's not easy to come by. Let me tell you, the only other the only other athlete that I recall being able to make me laugh as much as you do is Trevor Wertel, and he's since retired. So <laughs> we need you, and we need your stories. Um, yeah, Tre- Trevor, was, Trevor Trevor was brilliant. incredible what he did. So he he did videos and <laughs> cut cut and made like bits of footage from movies and. TV shows and and samples from songs and everything and what he did was incredible. I could never do that. I pretty much can just write words and um, I will take so, it. Josh, it's still brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I definitely definitely put myself in that category. And and what, what I I actually remember one race I did with Trevor and and I got a mention in his race report and I was I was pretty chuffed at the time. So <laughs> I've had. <laughs> I've had similar people say when they get mentioned in my race report, it was an, 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 an honour. So yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think the main thing, Josh, is that your race reports just they resonate with so many because even though obviously you're very serious about your job, your profession as a as a professional athlete, um, you're also able to see the lighter side of it and have a bit of fun with it all. And you know, at the end of the day, it's all about balance. Triathlon is a sport, yes, it's your profession. I'm not trying to belittle that in any way. It was it was my profession for 20-odd years, but it's also a lifestyle and one that we are so lucky um, to be able to partake in. So I think the reason that I love reading your race reports is because it just, as, as serious as you are and you are and a brilliant athlete, you also understand that it's it's also, it can be fun and you love it. And like you said, you love to race. Um, you love the sport, and I think that comes through each and every time you publish one of your race reports. 
Yeah, thanks, Belinda. And, you know, like I've been around professional athletes for a long time now since, yeah, since I was 16 or 17. And um, a lot of them are funny, you know, a lot of people are trying to hide details from others and hide yeah. weaknesses. And, you know, yeah. a, a lot of a lot of competitors that I race now, um, let's say a lot of Europeans, someone like Lionel Sanders in the, is in the, in the opposite end of the spectrum because he shares like absolutely everything, everything. but exactly. a, a lot of the other it. guys, they, they like to hide stuff and they, um, you know, one German doesn't want the other German to know <laughs> what he's racing exactly. and what he feels. And, you know, they don't want to know what equipment they're all using. And, and I've seen them after races, you know, I've spent time um, with a lot of those um, guys like Sebi and, and Frodo. And if things go wrong, it's, it really affects them. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the point where it's like you don't really know if they actually enjoy the sport. Um, I agree, totally agree. And as an yep. Aussie, there's some, of course, there's dramatic Aussies. I'm not going to say that that they're no, not draft queens, but um, I don't know. It's I think that we can just be a bit more relaxed here down under, and definitely like what you said, we're incredibly lucky to do what we do yeah. um, to to have the opportunities to race and I know it's not easy to put on races these days so literally every time I race I feel appreciative that we get to do what we do considering the amount of work that goes into the events Um, and then of course like the sponsors we have that stand behind us to support us to to do what we do it's like I don't ever want to be in a situation where racing makes me feel bad or unhappy, yeah. like unhappy yeah. with myself. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't know. The the race reports is it's just an outlet for for me to have fun and of course uh, yeah show some appreciation um, to to the competitors that go through the same stuff because I like to talk about things that don't often get talked about really. Um, like no, I, I got Ash Ash. Um, she kind of told me off last time that the Geelong report, I used a lot of toilet talk. In fact, half of it was probably talking about, um, yeah, standing in line for the portaloo and then what happened when I got inside. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's stuff that everyone goes through, but no one everyone, talks about Everyone, professional age group, it doesn't matter. We all go through it. Everyone's been through it. Everyone has yeah. has a toilet story at a race, let's be honest. Yeah, so I like to have fun with that and take the piss, so we should say. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I I wanted to keep coming. So make sure it does because honestly, that's one of the things I look forward to. I don't I don't read anyone's race reports, but Trevor Wertel, Josh Amberger, two race reports that I will always go looking for. <laughs> now, listen, Josh. Um, twenty twenty, as we said, it's been a crazy year. I had I had I was very excited this year because I, I had what we call the big four in my head, the big four races, and they were going to be the Collins Cup at the championship in Slovakia in May, Challenge Roth, Ironman 70.3 Worlds in Taupo, and, of course, Ironman World Championships in Kona. All four of those races are now gone for this year. Uh, recently, we just had announced, the PTO announced and Challenge Daytona announced that they were going to have the PTO championship race in early December um, as part of the Challenge Daytona weekend. Obviously, the top 40 PTO-ranked athletes will be invited. Is this a race that you are looking at as actually happening and so you are focusing on it, or is it still just too damn difficult 
particularly being here in Australia, because I, I think that makes a difference, um, being here in Australia, New Zealand, where we know that international travel is going to be an absolute pain in the backside. But is it something that you are thinking, well, it's not till December, surely we will have our shit worked out by then, um, and maybe, just maybe, it's a race that you can focus on? I mean, it's a $1 million US dollar prize purse. I mean, that is enormous, huge for our sport. Um, so as much as I am genuinely excited about this and I actually want to get there I'm just wondering as a pro athlete living here in Australia is it something that you can actually really wrap your head around yeah you know like if if there's a race on um I'll I'll put in my own head I'll put myself on the start line particularly the big ones you know right when I pivoted from from ITU racing to like non-drafting middle distance events was around the time when High V um, uh, yeah. okay. was offering yeah. a million dollar purse for an Olympic yeah. distance non drafting event, and that that was a, a race that Huge. that yeah. um, changed my career. And I said, well, if they're going to offer this, I'm quitting ITU. I'm going to go for this. Straight for that. Um, yeah. So you know, you have to be kind of like a careerist and and seek out the opportunities. So if of course if there's a massive purse on offer, um, I'm going to chase it. Um, but it's not a, an event that I'm going to start to prepare for now. For instance, yep. you know, we're in May. Um, we've got the it's winter to get away. through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just see see how the year unfolds. It's I'm fortunate that in my makeup I don't really get stressed no. about things, I don't know, just things going by the wayside. I kind of just let – I like to see things unfold and – and I'm not rigid at all. Like I'm very malleable in in uh, how I approach day to day and my season and training. And and so if it's on, I'll be there. Um, you know, if it's not, I hope that the 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 PTO and and um, Challenge Daytona can keep the momentum going for next year because I think that that will be the next big thing in triathlon and, and the, it's all come come in waves over the years through the last 10 years we've had all the big races have, have come in waves and it's it's definitely been we've all been kind of waiting for the next big thing so this is definitely going to be it with with the pto, PTO. And, i agree i and, agree yeah, i really hope that that um despite the the challenges we have now that yeah we can just keep the momentum and keep the partners on board um because i think I've said this recently where I don't think there's actually that there's been no more exciting time um, to be a fan of triathlon or to be an athlete in the sport of triathlon than, than there is now. There's just like such a massive depth of talent yeah. across the men and women and to have a platform um, like a race in Daytona or it was going to be, um, you know, the Collins Cup Collins before Cup. that to showcase yeah. that talent. Um, I, you know, yeah. I just hope that we can still see that. Um, if it doesn't happen this year, so. Um, and is it, the other thing with me actually is I'm kind of in a diplomatic limbo, where I don't have a US visa at the moment. I applied <laughs> for it. My visa expired. I applied, oh, no. and the embassy got shut down. So. Oh no! Um, okay. Yeah, literally, right. who knows with the US embassy trying to deal. Um, with that kind of level of diplomacy, 
it's, it's time. It yeah, could be a little tricky. Difficult. Could be a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always difficult as a as a non-US citizen um, traveling to the US, and I know it's almost like every time you go, you might not actually you feel like you might not get in for one. Might not make it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I get it. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Look, I hope it happens too. And and I think that's the last, it's the last chance. I mean, it's not till December. So it's, I, I think we're still holding on to, to hope that it will go ahead. Um, if not, 2021 is looking like the most incredibly busy race year of any triathlete's um, life ever. Now, Obviously, from midnight tonight in Queensland, um, we are moving into the next stage of um, uh, of reopening, so to speak. Um, I know we, we've already spoken about pools and how it's not really a priority for you. I do know that you are a lover of coffee. I've always respected you a lot for that. Um, are you looking forward? Because I know the first thing I am going to do tomorrow even though I've got great coffee here at home and a great coffee machine, I am the one thing I'm looking forward to the most tomorrow, Josh, is actually going to my favourite local coffee shop and having a coffee from a real bloody <laughs> coffee cup and not a shitty takeaway cup. Um, is this something that you are actually? I know it sounds so so silly, but is it something that you are actually looking forward to having a coffee from a real coffee cup for the first time in months? <laughs> Outside of your own home, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say because we kind of pretty much got a coffee shop here. Yeah, in your own place, exactly. We're we're the same here, I must admit. So I get it, but I mean, it is lovely to go out and train and then stop off at your local and have a coffee. Yeah, of course. You know, I I love the coffee rides, and they've you know been defunct for (laughs) some months now. So (laughs) yeah, it'll be it'll be amazing, and you know, I've been missing meeting my friends. at cafes and stuff, so it's obviously a big part of Australian culture is, is cafe culture. Yeah. And it, we actually haven't done this in many, many years. Um, we used to do it in about 2013, 2014. Me and Dan Wilson, who you'd know and, and some listeners would probably know, um, and some other people we used to get together in the CBD in Brisbane and, and you know, put the, um, put the token in for the, the higher bikes and we'd ride around the city to all the best coffee shops um, oh, I love it. That's awesome. And love it. we, yeah, we'd literally finish the day with probably a dozen coffees under our belt, and <laughs> um, it was it was always mayhem, but a lot of fun. And I think we we haven't done that in a long time, but I, I definitely feel that um, there's going to be one soon. One coming and, up soon. Yeah, when we can, when we get a chance to do it. Well, I know that uh, the last time I heard of that ever happening was um, after Ironman Melbourne one year. Clint Kimmins and Luke McKenzie decided to do a coffee crawl the day after they'd finished the race. And uh, I think they got through – that was in, obviously, Melbourne. In, there's some fantastic coffee shops around St Kilda, Melbourne area. And I think they got through a few, but th- they were not they were not healthy-looking campers by the time I saw them that <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> they were very much on edge. Oh, yeah, that's the last thing you need after an Ironman is more caffeine. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. Now – Josh, I don't want to keep you for too much longer, though I could I could talk to you for hours. You're you're an absolute darling. Um, what I love, one of the well, one of the many things I love about both you and Ash is at the end of every season, you always go on your little camping adventure, um, where you go. You, you always sort of talk about getting off the grid, and I, I absolutely love it. You take your hotted up, the coolest looking Land Rover I know, and you and Ash go you, usually north, I would say, from Brisbane, um, and you go off grid for. A week or two 
where you go camping and fishing and it looks I mean we don't get to see a lot because I know you go you you go off social media but it looks incredible um I'm hoping it still goes ahead this year uh there may not be a race season before it to justify it, but are you still are you still uh, looking at taking a trip sometime at the end of this year? Yeah, of course. One, yeah. one of the, the great things about what we do is we've got amazing national parks yeah. uh, either direction of where we live in Brisbane, like right on our doorstep. So yeah, we like to, to drive the, the – and I'm glad you called it a Land Rover and not a Jeep. So Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> And one thing but, my husband taught me, you know, I mean, my husband loves his cars too, so yeah, he, yeah. he, he would he would slap me for that. So no, but, but yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, we we literally drive out. We I spend the day packing. Ash Ash kind of she might I don't know, do a few things that she likes to do. I like to pack. She hates yeah. the packing, so I'll do that. And um, she'll probably go to the shops and buy all the groceries. And, um, yeah, we drive the car 30 minutes to the port. We get on a boat for 90 minutes and then we're at Morton Island, which is oh, just beautiful. east of Brisbane. So wow. we also go to Fraser Island, which is just north of where you are of, of, yeah. in Noosa. Um, but, yeah, just amazing sand islands that are basically like pristine, untouched. There's For those who don't know, there's no sealed roads on the islands and you need a full drive to drive on there. And it, to me, it's just like the ultimate freedom and yeah. it feels like I've been doing it since I was very young when my dad used to take me but it kind of feels just like the quintessential Australian holiday to drive your car on the beach and pitch your tent on the sand dunes and catch fish for dinner um, and you know have a campfire and 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 um, and get sunburnt and all, all that cool stuff you know fight off mozzies at night it's um it's, it's always something we love to do because yeah you just refresh so much from it there's no you don't take we well, you, you take your phone of course um for you know pictures and that we don't yeah. have anything else so no, but no. there's no there's no cell reception there's no power so there's quite a lot of planning involved in getting yourself ready for the trip but yeah. it's just the yeah it's just the funnest time and no matter whether i feel like we've earned it or not through racing of course yeah we'll go because it's also a way to to kind of appreciate um what we have here in australia with with our unique environment and like i touched on before about yeah kind of just appreciating what's what's around me um but it costs nothing yeah Yeah, literally six dollars a night to camp to to queensland parks and wildlife so amazing Yeah, we we could kind of we started doing it because, of course, after our long season of travel, we wanted to take a holiday, but we didn't actually want to travel. No, because you do it all year. You yeah, do that all. So, you don't want to see another aeroplane. I mean, yeah. So it just literally seemed like a no-brainer. Um, yeah. And for me, it was about initially about showing Ash this kind of experience because she didn't grow up doing that with her family. Yeah. Um. So once Ash she did her first trip and and she was sold. Um, at that time so uh well I love it it resonates with me Josh because I was brought up my family took me camping that was what we did we didn't go overseas as kids we went camping and I'm from Wollongong originally so down on the south coast of Sydney and we used to go down to Jarvis Bay nearly every second weekend so I was brought up camping and I 
absolutely love it. So I sort of, when you go on your trips and then you post a few pictures when you get back, I live through those pictures because yeah. it just reminds me of my childhood. And you're dead right. There is nothing better. It's just the most amazing experience. And I think because, you know, international travel might not be around for some time, I think you'll find that there'll be quite a few people that go back to, to the basics and, and go back to camping and doing it, doing it. Oh, well, I, I call it roughing it, but it's, you know, it's not really um, yeah. to those types of, those types of, of trips. Cause I mean, that they're, they're truly, they're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Unreal. Now that brings me to my very last question. I wasn't going to ask this because it seems so, I, I don't know. It's not really a question that I would normally ask, but um you talked about how you you and Ash have been together for 10 years now. You finally proposed, even though it took you a year to do that from when you asked for her hand in marriage. What about the wedding? Are we going to wait another 10 years? Or <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, we talk about Sarah Piampiano and, and talking about how she's had to really think long and hard because she wants to plan a family. She's in an age where she wants to start having um, children, but now that Kona's not till next year, it's a whole nother year away. Um, same with you guys. Um, you're still young. Ash has got the Olympics to, to concentrate on next year. Um, when are you going to fit in a wedding? Next year sounds like it's going to be absolute madness as far as racing goes. Were you planning on getting married ne next year or is that something that's a couple of years away or a few years off yet? Um, you know, we want to kind of, of course, we want to, we'd rather get married sooner rather than later, but that's that sooner kind of always fell in a time frame of within maybe like 18 months to sort yeah. of 20 months, which kind of yeah. landed in a spot like November next year, probably after, you know, the, the, the Noosa tries Noosa and try. all that stuff is done perfect. Yeah, when perfect. we can both enjoy a holiday together and when we know that other our other friends who are triathletes can also can come also to the wedding come. and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. all our international friends can can hopefully come sort of around a time that's friendly for everyone. So, you know, we've obviously got a chance to still do that, hopefully. Absolutely. Um, sounds good. And it was always, yeah, we didn't want to plan a wedding before Ash had to, to race an Olympic Games or no, anything. So. of course not. So it's, it still lines up with that and, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, well, let me tell involved. you, Joshy. I got married in November. It's it's a good it's a good month to get married. Yeah. I think Justin and I are hard. coming up twenty years now, so it, it's a it's a it's a month. It's a good month. <laughs> yeah, but to answer your question, I think that it's nice that um, the the wedding will happen sooner than what the engagement did because <laughs> Ash is there to help me with it. So exactly. Okay. Okay. So you've got a helping hand. Yeah, she can do all the hard I'll, stuff. Yeah, I'll just go, yeah, that looks great. And, and You'll just do what you're told. That's what yeah. will happen. <laughs> and you just need to turn up on time, so you'll be fine. Exactly. Oh. Listen, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You're you're an absolute darling. You're, you're wise beyond your years, I can tell you that, which is so refreshing. I mean, you... You know, um, you you might only be 31, but you you've got the you've got the the mentality of a of a person way that's lived life a lot longer than that. So, absolute pleasure talking to you. So thank Thanks, you. Linda. I'm starting to get some wrinkles now. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. sweetheart, don't talk about wrinkles. Just come up here. I'll show you wrinkles. <laughs> you still look gorgeous. 
Oh, you're saying all the right things. I love you already. <laughs> well, listen, um, give that gorgeous fiance of yours, um, actually, a big kiss from me. She's just an absolute darling. Um, I adored her from the first time I met her. Um, and I cannot wait to see you at the next race, hopefully sooner rather than later. Fantastic. Thanks, Belinda. Thanks, darling. Thanks for listening to Coffee Calls with Belinda. I really hope you enjoyed listening. If you'd like to continue listening and stay updated on our latest podcasts, then please subscribe. It would also be great if you could rate our podcast and leave us a review. If you have any specific questions you'd like me to ask the athletes, then please send through to the following email address, podcast at challenge slash family.com. The making of these podcasts would not be possible without the wonderful help of our great partners, Powerbar, Otso, Zone 3, Lubos Billick at LB Training, Sport No Limit Group and VeloSoc. But for now, thanks so much for listening and I'll be back soon for another coffee.